0: Employment Hour right here. You want to get a hold of Leor anytime, one 855 and Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. You know, pal, we've had a lot of, uh, we've had a backlog, as a matter of fact, of emails coming through, and nothing uh, you know, turns someone off more when they send emails, maybe one or two, and they don't get answered, so we're going to get through, we're going to plow through a pile that we've been through, or at least we've had kicking around. For the last week in between shows, we'll get to that. But first, as always, we get to the week that was.
1: That's right. And welcome to all our listeners to the Employment Hour, the the, the first, the one, and only the original. here to talk about workplace rights, employment law, wrongful dismissal, uh, workplace harassment, all those good things uh, that people really do need to know about. So uh, to start us off, I always like to talk about a couple of situations that I saw in the previous week. Uh, the first matter that uh, I'll tell you about, uh, it seemed initially to be straightforward, and mm-hmm. it was straightforward, but there was a bit of a twist there. Uh, I got a call from a gentleman who was let go from uh, from a company after 10 uh, years of employment. He was offered three months uh, severance. Right. And obviously, uh, as our listeners know, of course, that's not enough. Uh, I, I assessed them as being owed about a year's pay. So I sent an email or, sorry, a letter to the company telling him no, three months is not enough, you owe much more, and we expect an improved offer. The response I got from the company mm-hmm. was, well, actually, uh, Mr. Sam Firo, about a year ago, we told him that uh, we're going to have to let him go verbally, and because of that, we feel that we give him a year's notice, so we shouldn't have to pay him any more severance than that. My client, by the way, had told me once I asked him about it that they'd said that the business was slowing down, but they never said anything about letting me go be that as it may, the answer to this uh, dilemma is the fact that any verbal notice doesn't actually no. count. It doesn't. So if you want to give someone notice of termination, you can, but that has to be in writing. You have to advise the individual in writing. We're telling you today that on this specific date, whatever the date is in the future, we're, we're going to let you go. You're not going to have a job. Right. So it has to be in writing, has to have a specific date. Telling someone verbally uh, you're going to be let go in the future is not good enough. So this company, having realized that they owe this guy a lot more money than three months, they were trying to come up with nice creative reasons as to why they wouldn't have to pay it. The reality is it doesn't work. So I thought it's worth mentioning here. If you've been uh, provided notice of termination, that notice actually does not count unless it's in writing. And for employers, uh, it's fine to give notice of termination. That's fine and maybe even a good idea, but it has to be in writing Having a, a discussion behind closed doors with an employee and telling them that they're going to be let go in the future is not good enough. It doesn't count. It has to be in writing always.
0: You ever get a case where they turn around and say, okay, you know what? That's going to cost us uh, quite a bit. You know what? Stick around. We like you. You'll know, stay employed here.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, I've i had a, a, a case like that actually about uh, actually once or twice where the company realized how much money this is going to cost them. And they said, uh, we're also happy to have uh, so-and-so stay here and be, be employed and continue working. And in fact, in those cases, the person was happy to stay and continue working. Hmm. Uh, it's, it, it, it is a rare thing. Usually, once the company decides that someone is going to be let go, they don't want him around. There's a reason for right. that. But I've had a couple of cases where they, they were letting someone go to save money, realizing that they're not really going to save money, may as well continue uh, having him employed and maybe let go of someone else that's not aware of their legal entitlements.
0: Or give him working notice you know, a year from now or whatever, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so that, that certainly can happen. Uh, but most of the time, when, so once I'm an employer says, you're gone, you're gone, at that point, it's just a question of how much severance you're owed. Okay. What else we got? A uh, very different situation. Second case I'll tell you about, John. It's a matter that involved another gentleman that worked for a company. and w- While he was working for the company, uh, his his boss and a group of three other employees mm-hmm. uh, were sending... a for each other and including him on all kinds of can uh, email, social emails, uh, and, and you know about what they're going to do after work. Uh, you know, funny jokes that they saw, and yep. it was fine. Except every once in a while, uh, what they circulated was a pornographic image, or, or in even some situations a, a pornographic video. Right. And he was very uncomfortable with that. Very, very uncomfortable. Conservative gentleman, older gentleman, and spoke with the group and told him, "Listen, please, if if, if we're going to have this." Social group here through email. Please don't send any pornographic uh, materials, and nothing, nothing mattered. In fact, it seemed like they were—they thought he was almost kidding, or that they thought maybe it would be funny to make it even worse. So it got worse and worse, and uh, and this is a small company. There's really no one. There's no HR person, no one to talk to, and and the owner of the company was personally involved in that in, in that uh, email exchange so he really called me very upset saying this is making me very very uncomfortable there's also religious reasons why he he really wasn't comfortable getting those emails and uh, asked me what to do and i said here's Here's what I'm going to tell you. This type of behavior that you're subject to, it's actually what we call, we call workplace harassment. It is a form of harassment, potentially even uh, discriminatory harassment because there's a it's of a sexual nature. So you can treat your employment as being terminated by virtue of the fact that you're being sent this inappropriate communications, inappropriate mm-hmm. pornographic emails. You're not comfortable with them. You've told them to stop. They haven't. You can treat your employment as being terminated. And I actually just got uh, a call from him earlier this week saying, yes, I want to pursue that. I'm going to leave. And we're now pursuing a constructive dismissal for him on the basis of these pornographic images. I think there's a very important lesson here for both employees and employers, but certainly for employers, you have to take these things seriously. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a little social group uh, in this way, that's fine but the communication still have to have a certain level of professionalism. Pornographic images in the workplace are always inappropriate. You never know who you're going to offend. You never know who's really going to be turned off by that. That's a potential legal, legal liability there. And certainly for employees, you don't have to uh, take treatment that you consider to be inappropriate uh, in this way. So for this situation, because of these pornographic images, emails, videos, uh, he's now going to be uh, constructively dismissed and we're going to get him compensation.
0: And I mean, other than the pornographic stuff, of course, you know, when you have these little you know, back and forth emails between a group or among a group, you got to make sure everybody's on board. Right?
1: You really, like, really do. Not everyone wants part of it. Not everyone right. is on the same page. You know, you and I may think that's funny, but someone else may think that's insulting and irresponsible. So uh, you have to tread very carefully if you're an employer in that situation.
0: Before we uh, take a short break here in a minute, we'll touch on it again later in the show, but uh, let's talk about Severance Pay Calculator.
1: That's right. The uh, The tool that always uh, anyone ever that lost their job has to go right uh, first as soon as they walk out of that termination meeting is the severance calculator. It's at severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you how many weeks or months severance you are owed. Make it the very first place you go to. No exceptions. Tell everyone when you've you've heard of someone losing their job or maybe losing their job, tell them for their own benefits to go Mm -hmm. to severancepaycalculator.com.
0: We'll take a short break. In the meantime, the number to get a hold of Lior anytime, 1-855-821-5900. And I mentioned at the top, we're going to get through a whole pile of emails. It is Lior at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show. It is the Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640, and AM 900 CHML. The number, one to get a hold of Lior and Lior at employmenthour.com, L-I-O-R. Uh, quite simply, the email anytime, and we'll start with one of those. We uh, have neglected some of these. Well, we're busy. We get uh, you know we get emails, we get calls, we get everything every week. So uh, sometimes they they stockpile. We will get to a bunch of emails. Now I get the first ones. Rob says I haven't been paid in almost six weeks. Hello, I'm getting the runaround from my boss, and he assured me that money is coming. Is there anything I can do?
1: Well, this is a very uh, interesting situation, John. Listen, there's a very basic uh, rule when it comes to employment. You go to work, in return you get paid. Nice. That's what employment is. That's very, just like you can't. Go to work and not get paid. Your employer can't, uh, you know, your your employer can't expect the, the the reverse. Therefore, if you're not getting paid, that's the most fundamental breach of the employment relationship. And the employee, in this case, Rob, does not have to take it. Uh, you can't continue working. You're not actually working if you're uh, if you're not getting paid. You're volunteering at that point. That's not having a job. That's having a hobby or or being a volunteer. So if you're not getting paid you have the right to treat your employment as being terminated saying enough is enough and get your full severance you don't have to wait you don't have to work with the company and be accommodating you can certainly decide to do that but from a legal standpoint that is the most fundamental thing you have to pay me if i come into work unless you let me go you have to pay me so uh rob if your employer won't pay you it's up to you if you want to wait For this, one of the concerns, by the way, I have by Rob waiting here is that let's say he finally gets paid, and three months from now, this issue comes up again. Now, there's this implied term, this precedent, as, as you say, John. That, well, we don't have to pay you on time. We can pay you later if it's more convenient to us because we've done it before and you've let us do it. Right. So uh, th- not only does the employer have to pay, they have to pay on time. So, uh, Rob, either you wait or more, more, I think, logically in this case, it's been so many weeks already. You have to leave and get severance. Give me a call, off air. Let's pursue a constructive dismissal. Not only get you the money that you're owed, but get you your severance. So hopefully you can go work for an employer that's going to respect... Uh, its legal obligations, and pay you your salary when it's due.
0: Without knowing Rob's employer, of course, or the details of the situation, if you've run into this in the past, what is generally the reason that employers wait so long, say six weeks, and they're not paying people? They don't know the well, money bankruptcy? what is bankruptcy? It? It's, uh, it's usually a
1: financial reason. Uh, oftentimes, it's about uh, either the company not doing well enough, or the company having a lot of people to pay, or other creditors, and trying to pick and choose who do we have to pay This month, and I understand, and I'm I'm, uh, respectful of the fact that there's financial concerns, but the law ultimately is the law, and I don't make up the law. The law says you have to pay on time, and if you can't pay, then maybe you shut down your business, maybe you have to let someone go to to cut costs or cut costs elsewhere, but you or or you at least tell someone, hey, don't come into work today. Don't have someone to come into work to do work if you're not going to be able to pay them for it. So uh, even though there may be a legitimate reason for not being able to pay, it's still illegal.
0: 1-855-821-5900. Lior at employmenthour.com. Benjamin writes in, says the dentist I used to work for sold his practice last year. The new dentist wants me and the other employees to sign an employment agreement because he says he forgot to get us to do it when he took over. Should I sign? Well, the short
1: answer uh, for Benjamin is no, you should not sign that employment agreement. Uh, and, And the reason why you should not sign, well, certainly you shouldn't sign without me having to take a look at it and let you know what I thought. But one of the reasons I'm comfortable saying even without seeing it, you shouldn't sign is an employment agreement always benefits the employer, always, which means by you signing that agreement, you're now providing better terms for your employer than what you currently have. The best thing you can do as an employee is work under an oral agreement. That means you have full protection of the law. And for Benjamin, that's exactly where he is right now. He started working with this new dentist. He's under an oral agreement because he never signed an agreement. So by signing an agreement, now he's giving up, will be giving up some of his uh, rights. Potentially one of the things that this agreement does, in fact, very likely, is limit his future severance. So he signs the agreement tomorrow. Next month, he is let go. By signing that agreement, potentially he could have lost tens of thousands of dollars that he would otherwise be getting. So I don't think that there's any likelihood that this agreement is, is favorable to you. My advice would be, let me take a look at it. But if we still agree that it's not a good agreement for you, for Benjamin, then don't sign it. Tell your employer you're not going to sign it. If your employer wants to let you go, they still have to pay you full severance to recognize your, your service with the past uh, dentist as well. But they won't be able at least to to have you sign and then let you go and uh, not pay you what they owe you. So So they can't force you to sign it. They can't force you to sign it at all. Not only that, if you don't sign it, that's not cause for termination. That's not a resignation. You have absolutely no obligation to sign an agreement once you've already started working. And it's, it's not a situation where the dentist forgot to have him sign it before. It's not, it's not that he didn't forget. He probably got some legal advice now that he should have someone sign an agreement. And I agree with that advice. An employer, if I'm speaking from the perspective of the employer, should always have an employee sign an agreement. But uh, for the employee, they're far better off not to have one signed. And if you're already working there, like, like Benjamin is, there's really nothing in it for him to sign that agreement.
0: Yeah, I guess because, you know, if Benjamin, you know, the, this new dentist looks back and Benjamin, oh, he's been here since 1998. Oh boy, this is going to cost me if I let That's him exactly go, right? Is, yeah. This guy's been here 20 plus years. I mean, if I let this guy go, it's, it's going to sink me. So here's an idea. I'll get him to sign an employment agreement. Yeah. He's and, new. and the
1: difference, I mean, let me give you an example. If he's been there for 20 years, uh, you know, using your example, and his employer wants to let him go, if he hasn't signed an employment agreement, he potentially could be owed as much as 24 months pay. With an employment agreement, it could be as little as eight weeks. Pay. Wow! So you what know, if, if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year, you potentially right there lost ninety-five thousand dollars or something like that. But just by signing that piece of paper, Jeez. that's massive. That's huge. That's why I say don't sign an agreement and lose ninety-five thousand dollars. But but to start off, I'd like to see it and to to confirm what I've just told Benjamin that there, it's really an agreement that should not be signed. But I've seen this too many times, John. I already know what it says.
0: Benjamin, you know that email because that's how you sent uh, your letter. Leor at employmenthour.com and otherwise the number one The Employment Hour continues. Talk radio, AM 640 and AM 900, CHML. one eight five five eight two 5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior any time. And the emails were uh, rattling through today, you want to send one, no problem. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Get to Natalie. Says, I'm about to accept a job offer from a new company. A bit nervous because I'm leaving a position I've had for 12 years. Is there anything I should do to protect myself? Wow. Well,
1: I really like that email from Natalie because it shows that she's thinking ahead. And, and I encourage all our listeners, when you accept a job, especially if you're leaving a job to accept another job, you have to think about protecting yourself. You don't want to leave a secure job that you've been at for a while, like, like Natalie has 12 years, just to take a job that's gonna give you no security and you're gonna find yourself potentially in a worse off situation, even though you're you expecting to be better off. So yes, Natalie, you, you do have to protect yourself. And what I mean by that is you don't wanna sign an employment agreement with this new company, for example, that puts you on probation. Yeah. Why would you agree to leave a 12 year job, uh, to take another job just to be on probation? Unless of course you're desperate to leave, or that you hated the job, you're, you're, you're just dying to get out of there, fine. But if that's not the case, why, why, why would you ever take a new job, leaving a secure job to be on probation? Very bad idea. So number one, you want to make sure that that's not the case. The other thing you want to make sure, as as I was saying previously and answering a previous email, you want to make sure that that employment agreement does not contain terms that limit your future severance. Again, you're leaving a secure job to take another job that potentially allows the company to let you go at any time and pay you very, very little or almost nothing. That's especially important in this case for Natalie because she may, if she doesn't uh, limit her entitlements, because she's being recruited from another job, potentially if they do let her go, they'll have to account for the service she had with the previous company. Because they came to get her. Presumably. If they came to get her and she left a secure job, then they may have to give her an enhanced severance package down the road if they wanted to let her go. So very important for Natalie not to agree to limit her entitlements, not to agree to probationary term, and and uh, make sure that there's nothing in there that's going to hurt her in the future. If the company wanted to to let her go, it's always important to think of your departure from the company when you sign an employment agreement. I know it's it's like you know dating when you start dating with someone, everything looks great. Oh yeah, great
0: holidays, good pay. Yeah,
1: and you know you're, you're madly in love and very happy, and but and then you, it goes south. And then it it could go south. Yeah. And the reason why I have seventeen lawyers working in my office is because these things do often go south, unfortunately. Right and you have to be proactive and think about these things and the best time to think about your departure and make sure you're not compromising your entitlements, is at the time you accept a new job.
0: If that if that situation's in there in the employment agreement, the new one with a new company that recruited you, and there's nothing about your uh, old service, is it implied they're going to have to pay for that previous 12 years?
1: Yeah. If, if you can show that you've been recruited, uh, then yes, they have to account for the previous 12 years, uh, as long as they recruited you, and as long as there's nothing in the agreement that limits your entitlements. It doesn't have to explicitly refer to the previous service at all. It's implied that they'll have to account for previous service. Again, if they came to you and recruited you, not the same if you decided to leave uh, and you, you are the one that pursued a new job. Right. Very different.
0: Leor at employmenthour.com. Amy says, we just found out that the store where I've been working for 10 years will close in July. The owner said that because he's giving us eight weeks, count them eight weeks advance notice, he doesn't have to pay us any severance. Is that right?
1: <laughs> Interesting email for Mamie simply because I get this email, versions of this email every single mm-hmm. day. Uh, it's usually for when someone works for a small company and that company thinks that maybe because they're a smaller company, they don't have a big payroll, they don't have the same obligations when it comes to severance. And we've said this before, and Amy, that's the answer to your question. The size of the company doesn't matter. And of course, after 10 years, eight weeks advance notice is nothing. It's, it's a fraction, a small portion of what your entitlements actually are. So depending on Amy's uh, position and her age, I only know that she's worked there for 10 years. She could be owed anywhere from maybe 8 months to 12 months or even more uh, severance than than uh, what she's been offered. So if she's been offered 8 weeks, that's maybe I don't know, a sixth of what she's actually owed. So that's completely wrong. It's completely uh, illegal. Uh, this would be a wrongful dismissal. So, Amy, again, my advice to you is give me a call. The good news is because this is so straightforward, we'll be able to get this improved very quickly. Uh, One letter from me, I assure you, is going to get it done. At that point, when the company has my letter, they'll consult with their own lawyer. They get some legal advice, and they'll realize, oh, man, just because we have a small payroll doesn't mean we don't have to pay. They'll pay what they owe, and I'll be fine. Eight weeks is not enough in her situation it could be easily a year's pay.
0: So let's say uh, she is at the 12-month mark, what her proper severance should be. Can the company still turn around and say, you know what, we're giving you eight weeks' notice, and then at the end, minus eight weeks, the rest of that 12 months, that would be the legal uh, obligation, correct?
1: That's right, that's right. So if she's owed 12 months, for example, that eight weeks' notice that she got counts towards that 12 gotcha. months. So if it's 12 months, they give her eight weeks' notice, they'd owe roughly another 10 months' pay. At the end of it, very good question, the w- the notice period, the working notice counts towards your severance. But
0: it's got to be in combination of.
1: Exactly. Right. It has to be a combination. It's not instead of it.
0: The number is one 821 And emails, which we're getting through a pile of today, is Leor at employmenthour.com. We'll get to one more quickly before we take a, a wee break. George writes in, says, I was let go from my job two weeks after I told my boss that I was diagnosed with cancer. I uh, had no prior warnings. What should I do? Wow. A uh, very difficult situation, obviously, and uh, I'm sorry to hear that,
1: George. Uh, here's the thing. I mean, the, when it comes to a situation like that, the question that always arises is: Is George being let go because he has cancer, or because his employer thinks, "Well, George is going to have to go off on a disability leave. We don't want that, so well, let's let's let him go," because if his employer does that, what I just described, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. Doesn't matter how much severance George is paid. Let being let go because you have a medical condition, or because you're going to take disability or because you are on disability, is illegal no matter what. So obviously, I don't know if that's what happened here. George does say he didn't get any prior warnings, and he was let go shortly after he told him about the cancer. So it certainly looks bad. It smells bad. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to talk more with George and find out if he has other reasons as to why he was let go. Does he know if the department is shutting down? Did they lose a big client? Is there a legitimate reason here as to why he was let go? If there isn't, this is probably a human rights violation and we need to pursue that. And beyond that, of course, I want to make sure, even the the, uh, human rights issue aside... Whether George got proper severance, you know what What I always say, John, 90% of people yep. are not offered proper sure. severance. So just statistically speaking, uh, it's uh, likely that he didn't get proper severance. So definitely George and I have a lot to talk about and I encourage him to give me a call as soon as possible.
0: one 821 5900 is that number and Leor at employmenthour.com. Lots more coming up. The Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Leor at employmenthour dot com. Get through a bunch of emails today. We'll get to Bill next. Says a uh, new boss has been making regular comments that you know I should consider quitting. That I seem unhappy. That I should be thankful that I even have a job. Nice guy. Uh, this is getting worse all the time. What do I do? Would uh, you like to have a boss like that, John? Oh, yeah, that'd be Holy great. Cow. Why yeah. don't you quit? You suck. <laughs> yeah, Go daily. for your break. <laughs> oh, no, seriously. Yeah, see you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Uh, obviously, that that that's a very, very inappropriate way to talk to someone. First of all, it's bad, terrible management, terrible HR. If you don't like someone, if you think someone's not contributing, you have the right to part ways with them in a legal, ethical way and in a business-like way, but not to treat someone and talk to them like that. And from a legal standpoint, by being treated like that, by being talked to like that in a disrespectful way, in a demeaning way, uh, that easily could be a constructive dismissal. An employer doesn't have a right to talk to you that way and, and treat you that way, so you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal bill and get your severance. Here's what I would want, though. Uh, as we always say about these things, it's always about proving it, yeah. right? It, it, I expect that Bill's uh, boss is not going to say, yes, I did it. He's not going to say, yes, I, I, I acted like a uh, you know an idiot and yeah. I told Bill all those things. So because of that, I'd like for Bill to keep a record of it, maybe uh, have some sort of a log or, or even send emails to the boss confirming what he said. Uh, I mean, it's also possible to, to record if you want. I generally don't recommend that. I mean, you can have a tape recorder in your back pocket and record. I'd rather keep some form of written records. But as long as you can establish that, to prove what the boss is saying here, uh, Bill, This this is a constructive dismissal easily. Your boss can't talk to you like that, shouldn't talk to you like that. And if they do it anyway, you don't have to take it.
0: So it's going to be all emails and so on and so forth, but log everything.
1: Yeah, log everything. You never want to get into an argument over a he said, she said. Uh, you know, I assume people are going to lie, so if your boss is confronted, he may well lie and, and say, no, I never did it. I was always respectful, and I said, yes, sir, yes, uh, ma'am. That's the only thing I ever said. So I'd like to have some sort of an independent and contemporaneous log, uh, and if you have that, you're, you're in business and you can easily pursue a constructive dismissal. Yeah, Bill's boss should not be talking to him that way.
0: 1-855-821-5900, Lior at employmenthour.com. When you're uh, sitting here listening to the show on your computer, you want to check out Severance Pay Calculator as well. It's pretty cool. You can download the app on your uh, iPhone, iTunes, Android. While you're uh, listening to some of these emails, Rebecca says, I've worked for a company for four years. As a sales manager, I was let go without cause, and I was offered four months' pay. I feel that this is a a good offer, but I'd like your opinion about it. Oh, I forgot to mention that. I'm 57.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately for Rebecca, it's not a good offer. It's not a good offer at all. Uh, Obviously, I I would want to know a bit more about her from a compensation standpoint, but just after four years, sales manager, I guess she says she's 57. I'd assess her at about eight months, could be as much as nine months' pay. She was offered four months, so that's half John half of what she's owed. A lot of people think that there's maybe this rule of a month for every year. uh, And for many people, that rule is completely wrong. Remember, the factors that go into assessing how much severance are the, the length of employment, the person's age, and the type of job. The longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position, the more you're owed. And for Rebecca, that's about eight to nine months. So Rebecca, no, not only is this not a good offer. Uh, it's a wrongful dismissal. It's a situation where the company owes you much more money. Because of that, well, that's the bad news. The good news is we can easily improve this. It's not hard. It's not long. It's not going to be very complicated at all. So let's, you and I speak off air. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to you or reach out to me, and let's get this resolved. I'll send them a letter. We'll get this resolved. You'll get paid your eight months' pay, and you move on. Uh, there's no reason for you ever to accept half of what you are owed. Never.
0: Give me a little example of severance pay calculator again, how that works. So
1: if Rebecca were to go to the severance yeah. calculator right now, if she went to severancepaycalculator.com and she'd input her age, 57, the type of job, sales manager, length of employment, four years, they would probably tell her right around eight months' pay is what she'd be owed. Uh, sales manager is what I'd call probably a middle manager. Uh, and we'll tell her eight months. That's what she's owed and that's what everyone else can can do as well. If they lost their job, maybe they haven't lost their job, but they're working somewhere and they just want to know, hey, if my boss came to me tomorrow and I was let go, what would they have to pay me? Well, now you know. Now you know exactly what to do to find that out. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out and you know, and now you're armed with this information. You have it with you forever. Uh, and then, then if that ever happens, if you're right with uh, you your hunch that your employer is letting you go and they're offering you something, you say, aha! Uh-huh, now I know how much I'm owed. Now I can assess whether my severance offer was fine or not. That's why it's such an important tool. We created it. Uh, there have been a number of other people now since then try to create their own tool realizing that it's a it's such a good idea people have been using it but ours is the original the most accurate we've had literally over a hundred thousand people now use it. So again, severance pay com.
0: What happens if, and I know you get this call all the time at the office, someone sees that number and goes, Wait a minute here, I was offered two, six weeks. You're saying I'm old seven months. What's, is there a bug in your system? Well, let me, let me give you one better than on that. I actually had an
1: email last week from someone because the Ministry of Labor has their own severance calculator, okay, on, on their website. Great. And that severance calculator, what does it, that one do? It calculates your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. Your minimum entitlements uh, are what is what our severance calculator mm-hmm. does, severancepaycalculator.com. So in this case, I got an email from someone saying, I went on the Ministry of Labor's website and it told me that I should be getting four weeks pay. I went on your calculator, Lior, and it told me I should be getting six months pay. Right. What gives? Why the difference? Who's lying here? And I said, no, neither one is lying. The, pro- the devil's in the details four weeks is your minimum entitlements. That's what the Ministry of Labor calculator is telling you. Your full entitlements are six months pay. I don't care about what your minimum entitlements are. It's irrelevant. It's it's just a number. Your full entitlements is all that matters. That's six months. Unfortunately, what the Ministry of Labor severance calculator doesn't tell you is that you have significantly greater entitlements than the minimums. So bottom line, John, at severancepaycalculator.com, the amounts are correct. They are accurate, okay? They're factual. They're legal. So if you see a number and you think it's higher than you expected, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That number is still accurate. The only place you can get the real information, severancepaycalculator.com.
0: One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 855 821 and Leor at employmenthour.com. We'll take a quick break in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 855 821 5900 and leor at employmenthour.com. That's the email. Tom writes in, says, love the show. My wife uh, just lost her job after 10 months of employment. She was offered uh, two weeks' pay. From Listening to your show, we know that this is not good enough, and my wife tried to explain this to her former boss, who told her that she was wrong. And it, uh, two, uh pardon me, that two weeks was more than my wife is owed. What do you suggest we do? <laughs> and you know, a very common scenario. And Tom, thank you for
1: the email and thank you for the compliments. Happy that you found uh, the show useful. Uh, the bottom line is, first of all, you're right. Uh, because you're listening to the show, you know what I'm about to say is that after, uh, 10 months of employment, even if she's in a fairly entry-level position, uh, two weeks is not enough. I mean, the bidding probably would start at around two months' pay, Mm -hmm. uh, unless she's uh, 18 years old. Uh, But other than that, uh, it's probably at least two months' pay. It could be four, five, even six months' pay. So- uh, your wife did the prudent thing. She, she went back to them. She, she said, listen, I, I think I'm owed more. Now we have to deal with this in a different way. Now we do what I do in most of these situations is get me involved. Very easy. I'm going to send them a letter. I'm going to outline exactly in a, in a very respectful way, uh, Tom, why your wife is owed more than two weeks pay. And uh, they'll pay it because as soon as they have my letter, they'll do what they should have done already, which is make a call to a lawyer themselves. And their lawyer is going to tell them exactly what I just told you, Tom, that your wife is owed a lot more compensation. We want them to contact their lawyer because we know what their lawyer is going to say. The way to do that is get me involved. I'll send a letter. They'll come back with a better offer. You, she accepts it. She moves on. It's very simple. So, Tom, have you have me speak to her as soon as possible. Let's not wait on this because that two weeks pay is going to run out. We need to make sure she gets the money that she's owed. Uh, so have her give me a call uh, at the office.
0: And maybe the next time that uh, employer does this, they'll consult their lawyer first. Yeah.
1: And it's a very good idea, by the way, for for employers of all sizes. Uh, You actually cannot, unless you're going to use the severance calculator, Mm -hmm. and by the way, the severance calculator has a mode for employers too. But unless you're going to do that, you really should be getting some legal advice before you terminate someone. Not only are you going to find out how much money you actually have to pay someone legally so that you avoid legal action, a lawyer, a good lawyer can also give you some tips and strategies to potentially reduce your liability, to structure it in a favorable way, to make sure that you get the person to sign an appropriate document, many things. So uh, a small employer often thinks that they don't need legal advice to let someone go. That's wrong. That's just an invitation for a wrongful dismissal claim.
0: Leor at employmenthour.com and one Bernie says, the, uh, the company I work for let me go because they said they didn't need the position anymore. Two days later, I saw a position for my job online. Do I have a case for wrongful dismissal?
1: Yeah, and you know, probably another email that I get every day, sometimes several times a day, uh, when someone's being let go, they don't feel that the reason that they were given is legitimate or valid, or they find out that it wasn't legitimate. The company lied. They said, we're letting you go for uh, financial reasons only to realize that the company is doing tremendous business. So obviously they were lying. And the problem with that is, And a company shouldn't do that from an ethical standpoint, moral standpoint, even from maybe from a business standpoint. The thing is from a legal standpoint, the company doesn't have to be quote unquote honest when it gives a reason. As long as proper severance is paid, they don't have to be honest. So if they say we're letting you go because we're eliminating the position and they turn around the next day and they hire someone else for the exact same position, that's not fair. But from a legal standpoint, it is legal. They could do that as long as they pay you the severance that they owe you. Probably the most common question that I get is from people that are not necessarily calling me about their severance. They're upset because they lost their job. They're upset because the employer they feel didn't have a good reason to let them go. They did nothing wrong. They were good employees. The company maybe was being dishonest in terms of the reason. And they feel that's a wrongful dismissal. That's not a wrongful dismissal. A wrongful dismissal is only a situation where you have been let go and have not been paid all the severance that you are owed. So uh, in this situation for Bernie, unfortunately, we can't do anything about the fact that the company is now hiring someone from the job they let you go from, But I bet you anything, Bernie, that any severance that they offered you is not adequate. So you and I need to sit down and talk about the severance to make sure that you're getting all the money that you're owed because now you're unemployed. Now you have to find another job and you don't know presumably how long it's going to take you to find another job. And that severance is your insurance policy. It's the money that's going to carry you until you find that next
0: job. You know, we used to say over the last few years doing the show that jokingly, you know, the uh, employer could bring you in one day on a Monday, you know, sit there with the HR department office and say, you know what, you drive a red car. We're not covered there. We're going to let you go, which they can do if they give you the right stuff. It sounds crazy, but it's possible. They, they can. And, and not only that,
1: they can say to you, let's take it a step further. We're letting you go because you drive a red car and we don't like red cars. And the next day they hire someone with a red car. Right. Uh, again, as ridiculous <laughs> right. as the whole scenario is, they actually can do that. They'll be probably not very bright, no. but, they, but they do that. They can do that as long as severance is paid to you, and you're going to feel very upset if that happens to you. That's unfair. That's unethical. Uh, they're lying, and all of that is correct, but from a legal standpoint, they can do that. It's a question of severance where it becomes illegal. In most cases, over 90% of cases, is that the severance offered is not even close to being
0: adequate. We're getting through a bunch of emails in the show in the Employment Hour. Says, uh, Charles rather writes in says, I would like to know what would happen to a bonus that is owed to me if the company lets me go before I receive that bonus?
1: Yeah, very good question. Generally speaking, if there's a history of receiving the bonus, you always receive a bonus, you have a, a reasonable expectation of what that amount's going to be, then the company has to still pay the bonus or at least a prorated portion of it. So uh, if you're let go and, uh, in, in December, for example, the bonus is going to be paid in January, they have to pay prorated 11 you know, twelfths of that bonus. Beyond that, though, and that's just as important, is the company has to pay you the bonus that you would expect to earn over the severance period. So if uh, Charles is being let go and he's going to get, he's owed, I don't know, uh, eight months severance, he needs to get a prorated bonus for the next eight months. Wow. Now, it's hmm. it's difficult to uh, assess that if he had never received a bonus, maybe it's his first year of employment. Uh, but if he's been there for a few years and he usually gets a bonus anywhere from ten to $15,000 a year, well, we know what that bonus is worth. We can do an average for the last few years. And let's say that bonus is the average is $12,000. Then not only do you get the prorated bonus till your last day of employment, you get another bonus prorated for the severance period. A company cannot avoid paying bonuses by choosing a uh, a good termination date or a favorable termination date. We're going to pay you a bonus next week, but we're letting you go today. It doesn't work that way. That's illegal.
0: So if you've earned a bonus, you have to get paid that bonus. The company cannot avoid it. We'll wrap up the stack of emails when we take a short break and get on to some other things as well as we get down to the final few minutes of the show, the employment hour. In the meantime, the number is one eight five five. Eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior anytime and Leor at EmploymentHour.com. That's the email right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 855 821 5900 and dot at Our last email for the day gets uh, from Janet. says, I was given a choice to take a pay cut or be put on a temporary layoff, quotations. I only have one week to decide. What can I do? Yeah,
1: and first of all, that's not much of a choice. You can... Uh, you can choose to allow us either to reach your employment agreement by by by, uh, letting giving you less money or beat your employment agreement by laying you off temporarily so the choice is between two illegal uh things no not much of a choice and not exactly what uh, the choice really is that there's a third choice here and the third choice is to choose to leave with severance to leave with compensation the company does not have a right to reduce someone's pay a reduction in pay results in a constructive dismissal. Certainly, if the reduction in pay is significant. If they reduce your pay by $1,000 a year, that's not gonna make you happy, but probably not gonna be enough. But beyond that, certainly a significant reduction in pay would result in a constructive dismissal, which means you can leave and get severance. The same thing with the temporary layoff. A company does not have a right to lay off temporarily unless they've done that before and there's a history that it's been established that they can do that. Uh, Unless that's happened, they don't have a right. So they don't have a right to let you go, uh, sorry, to lay you off temporarily. They don't have a right to reduce your pay, which means if they do one of those things, whether lay off temporarily, reduce your pay, reduce any other term of your employment, you can treat your employment as being terminated, leave, not have to accept either of those things, and get your severance. Why would you prefer to do that, let's say, over a reduction in pay? Number one, if you accept a reduction in pay, potentially you've given them the right to do it again and again. Uh, because you, you've agreed to it the first time. Second, with the reduction in pay, is uh, it, by uh, accepting reduction in pay, if then you are let go, they have to pay you severance based on this reduced salary, Eesh. so you've, you've lost again. Same thing with the layoff. If you agree to the layoff now and you come back to work, then you've given them a the right to do it again in the future. So maybe next year. Now you'll get laid off maybe every year. Do you really want that? Or is it better to leave now? get your full severance while you still can, and find another position where those things won't be an issue. So, Janet, you have another option here. I wouldn't accept either of those, frankly, but certainly before you respond to them, this is very important. We have to get this right. I'd like to talk to you off air, uh, get some more details, and then we can come up exactly with the response we're going to give your employer.
0: One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is that number Lior is uh, referring to. You know, this entire show we've been talking about, you know, getting the right amount of pay via the severance calculator or getting in contact with you when you get that severance package. What else, other than we mentioned the bonus, that, that, that made me think, what other things should be part of that compensation package if you're thinking about a
1: it? Very good question, John. And you know, people always think of, of salary, of course. So if I'm let go and they have to pay me my salary for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't end there. It just starts there. The rule is very simple. The rule is this. The company has to put you in the exact same financial position as if you had worked for the severance period. Which means for that period of time, whether it's 3 months, 6 months, 24 months, they have to pay you all components of your compensation. So your salary, your bonus, if there's a car allowance, that has to be included. If there's a, a stock option grant that you would get, that has to be included. If there's pension contributions, RRSP contributions, benefits, they all have to be included. So if you're not sure if something needs to be included, you simply ask yourself, would I have gotten this amount if I was not let go? If the answer is yes, then you have to get that as part of your severance. If the answer is no, I wouldn't have gone in anyway. then they don't have to include it. So uh, companies never forget about salary when it comes to severance, but they often forget about bonuses and car Mm -hmm. allowance and the other components of compensation. And in many cases, those components could be worth as much or even more than the salary. By the same thing with commissions, by the way. If you're an employee that gets salary and commissions, your average commissions have to be included over a period of time. So on average if you make $25,000 a year in commissions and your severance period is 8 months well then you're going to get 8 months worth of that commission you know based on on $25,000 a year so uh, very important to understand, don't just look at the period of time that your employers offered to pay you. Look to see what's included in it. And did your employer capture all the components of your compensation?
0: So say your severance works out to 12 months. Okay. You know what your pay is going to be, all that stuff. You get bonuses. And you look at your benefits and okay, at least I'm covered under dental, so on and so forth for another 12 months. So I got that going for me. What happens if they give you a lump sum payment?
1: Yeah. If they give you a lump sum payment, an employer usually can still continue the benefits for a period of time. So they may be able to say, okay, here's 12 months as a lump sum payment, but we're also going to continue your benefits. Uh, In many cases, if the employer is not able for whatever reason from an administrative standpoint to continue benefits, what we need to do at that point is negotiate an additional dollar amount in lieu of the benefits. So 12 months compensation is this much because we're not going to continue your benefits. Here's an additional amount for benefits, which you can use if you want to get uh, benefits uh, on your own. So they can't ignore benefits, whether it's a lump sum payment or whether they pay you over time. Benefits always have to be addressed as part of severance.
0: One more time to wrap up the hour, Severance Pay Calculator. So where do you go if you lost your
1: job, if you're worried about losing your job? If you know somebody that lost their job, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You find out how much you're owed. You inform yourself. You arm yourself. Always, always make that the very first place you go to severancepaycalculator.com.
0: Until next time, you'll want to get a hold of Lior. Very simple. His number 1-855-821-5900. Keep that one written down and in your contacts and email. Simple as well. Lior, L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour right here. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.